This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. If you're hunting ducks, you have to have waders. Or at least you need something that'll let you get in and out of the water while staying dry to retrieve your decoys and the birds that you down. On this episode, I'm going to give information about the major types of waders so that you can pick the right pair that best fits your style and budget. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the New Hunter's Guide, the podcast helping new hunters get started and helping active hunters learn new things. I'm your host, George Kanidis, and today we're talking about waders for duck hunting. But first, I want to give a shout out to Tetra Hearing. We really appreciate their support of the channel. And guys, if you're hunting ducks, make sure you're using ear protection. Matters more maybe for duck hunting than any other sport because of how much you're shooting and the people around you. Get the best thing that you can afford to help protect your hearing and give you the best hunt. So the different kinds of waders, there's four major types of waders. And you got to have waders if you're hunting ducks and it's anything less than, you know, 60 or so degrees outside because you got to stay dry. If you get wet, you get cold. If you get cold, you get done. That's pretty much it. You might get dead depending on the situation that you're hunting in. So you got to have waders. Now, a lot of people, they put too much focus on waders for the beginner. They put too much impetus on different types of waders. I'm going to break this down and give you guys a more realistic picture of the market. I have done a ton of research, talked to companies. I mean, hours and hours and hours over months and months trying to figure out the pair of waders I wanted to get when I started hunting but then also to understand all the different components that are out there, all the different things that might benefit me today versus down the road, next season, all of that. So I've, I've done that legwork for you, and I want to share what I've got. So the number one type of waders are hip waders. All right, these are the, they're, they're basically like boots that come up to your hips, and they'll have a strap that latches on your belt so they don't come down. 
Should you use hip waders to hunt ducks? The answer is absolutely. If and only if you already own them. All right. If, if you already own them or you can borrow them, then sure. Use hip waders to hunt ducks, but do not, do not, do not spend money. Don't cash in dollars to get you a pair of hip waders. I started hunting ducks with hip waders, shot my first ducks wearing a pairs of hip waders. But I'll tell you what, guys, hip waders are really hard. They just, you need something that comes up higher because you're limited to water that's basically knee deep. You can't go much deeper than that. And that may be okay for setting up your decoys and then you shoot one that's 35 yards out and uh, you got to go try to retrieve that thing and it starts drifting out further and it gets deeper than you can go and now you're in the problems. So I knew the first time I walked into the water with hip waders, oh man, I really need to get a pair of chest waders. But I made it work for a while. I made it work for a while and you can make it work for a while if you have something like that. Typically, those are made for fishing. They're made to just get out a little into the stream. You don't have to go out and retrieve the fish. You're reeling them into you. So you just walk out as deep as you want to walk, get into the water a little bit, get a better spot, better position, and those hip waders can, can help you do that. And, and you can make them work for duck hunting if you've already got them. Uh, if you don't already have them, don't buy them. Typically, they're vinyl or some sort of thick plastic, multi-layer. I've never seen a pair that's insulated. They might exist, but I've never seen a pair that's insulated. And I have yet to see a pair that's comfortable. Again, maybe somebody makes a high-end pair but I would not buy them for duck hunting. They just, they're, they're not what the, they're not the ideal thing because they just don't come up high enough. What makes hip waders really hard is the insulation. Uh, the materials that they are, are such that when they get wet through the process of evaporation, they are sucking the heat right out of your body. We were hunting on mornings, I don't know, there was like 55, 60 degrees. I'm wearing thermals, I'm wearing thick hunting pants, I put these waders on. I was okay in the water, and as soon as I got out of the water and sat down, as they start to dry, they're just sucking the heat out of me. I've never been so cold while it was so warm. So I do not recommend hip waders as something you would buy. I, I got to the point where I got out of the water, I would take my hip waders off, put my hunting boots back on, and then wait until we shot ducks or until I had to pull the decoys to put the hip waders back on. But it worked, cost me nothing. I was able to get out into the woods for zero dollars. The next kind of waders, type number two, are what I just call cheap waders. Cheap waders super cheap waders now when i say waders i always mean chest waders okay that's synonymous i don't even believe in a different kind uh, i only call them hip waders because that's what's written on the box but to me anything that comes up with your hips not truly waders so cheap waders are usually made of plastic or they're made of some kind of nylon like material they're usually in like the $25, $30, $40, dollar range. Okay, they're super cheap. The, the boots are usually terribly uncomfortable. They are not durable. They're never insulated. They're almost guaranteed to break after you wear them just a few times. That said, 30 bucks. Hey, if you've got nothing and you want to start duck hunting, you can get into the water for $30. Jump on Amazon, 
jump on Google. Uh, Google, excuse me. You guys could find a decent. Well, well, no, there's no decent ones really. You can find a pair of cheap waders, super cheap. Bunch of different brands make them. The brand almost doesn't matter. Go with the reviews. Whatever has the best reviews. And here's the way you want to use these $30 waders. Get to the water. Do everything you need to do until you are ready to get into the water. Put the waders on. Go in the water. Set up your decoys. Come out of the water. Take the waders off. Don't put them on again until you need to get back in the water. Because here's what will happen. If you try to wear these from the car to the water... You're going to walk through brush, you might have some sticks, whatever, or just even if you're walking on mowed lawn for a hundred yards, just the wear and tear of walking in these cheap waders can cause them to split at the seams, at the joints, around the boots, can cause the boots to break, uh, can cause straps, I mean just that wear and tear, they're cheap, they're super cheap, but if you only wear them to get in and out of the water, and you patch them if they leak, you can probably make those last for your first season. All right? Or at least several hunts. Uh, you can patch them. They can be patched. You get some uh, 3M UV 4000 marine grade sealant. You put some of that on there. And, you know, within 24 to 48 hours, almost any hole you can patch. So you can make them last your first season. Now the irony is that the sealant costs like 20 bucks. So now you're adding, you're almost double the original price just to fix them and keep them going. But you can use that for other things in future waders. So you can get into the water for 30 bucks. I'm not recommending that as the ideal solution. I hate, I hate it when people buy junk. I hate recommending that people buy junk. But if that's where you're at, if you're between waders and decoys, you know, if your budget is, that's where you're at. You just, you got to buy a call. You got to buy some decoys. You got to get something that'll get you in the water. You can do it for 30 bucks. Um, you know, that's just, it's an option and they keep you dry enough. They won't keep you warm. So you got to take them off. But again, they'll work for a little while and you can figure out, do you like duck hunting? Do you want to invest more in this next down the road? And a lot of people, you know, it's just a lot of stuff to buy to get into the sport. So you don't need to buy everything. You don't need to spend a lot of money on everything. This can be something that you go in on the cheap and then next year comes around. You don't need to buy as much because you've already got a bunch of stuff and you can invest in something better. So you've got hip waders and you've got cheap waders. Neither of which I recommend, but each has their place. If you already have them, or it's just all the budget you have to get started, and you just need something to get you in the water, if you're really gentle with them, if you take real good care of them, if you baby them to the point where it annoys you, they'll probably last a number of hunts, maybe your first season if you patch them. Moving on to real waders. There's two major types of real waders. You have breathable waders and you have neoprene waders. This is, these are the kinds, these are the types that, that pretty much make up the whole marketplace. Breathable waders are usually made of some kind of a material like a Gore-Tex. Maybe they are Gore-Tex, maybe they're not. But you put them on, they'll come up to your chest, they're, they're, they're very lightweight, they're still relatively strong material, very pliable, very bendable, not very insulated 
but they breathe. What that means is they're waterproof. The water can't get into them, but as you sweat, your sweat will evaporate and pass through them. It's the miracle of Gore-Tex and similar materials. You can you can jump on Wikipedia and look that up and learn about the science, but it works more or less. So breathable waders are really nice because they're lightweight. Now they make some that they have insulative layer that you can put inside of them. You know, that's great. Uh, I've, I'd rather wear my own insulated layers and then just put them on if it's going to be cold. But, you know, there's lots of options out there. So they make ones that are, you know, different levels of insulation you can add, but the waders in and of themselves aren't insulated. The other type is neoprene waders. Now, if you're familiar with neoprene, the best way I could, if you're not familiar, the best way I could describe it is it's kind of like a mix between... Uh, like a foam and a plastic. I don't know. I don't know how else to describe it. But they make a lot of neoprene gloves, neoprene boots, and now they make waders out of neoprene. The chief advantage to neoprene waders is insulation, and there's a slight durability edge on them. Uh, they keep you the warmest. Neoprene is a super insulator. They make boots that are very highly insulated that are just neoprene, and it's a real, I mean, it's it's 100% waterproof. Unless a seam breaks or a joint breaks or a hole gets poked, you know, no water's coming in or out of those, which is good and bad, right? If you're sitting there and you're wearing these things and you're sweating, that sweat's staying in there and you're going to be moist. The good news is they're so well insulated. In my experience, they keep me warm even though I'm sweating because no air can get to you. So... I've been in the woods wearing them and taking them off and I'm completely soaked with sweat, but I was still warm the whole time I had them on because they're so well insulated. But when it's cold, and I mean really cold, and I mean stomping and breaking ice with your feet, walking through the water cold, you can't have a better friend than neoprene. I mean, they can be super warm. I mean, I, I've been hunting where it's so cold, you break the ice, and by the time you finish clearing the ice, there's more ice, and you're like, I should have stayed home in bed or hunted in a field today because this is ridiculous. But I'm warm the whole time. Uh, and that cold water never once even, even takes a degree out of me. Now, they make different thicknesses of neoprene. Typically, you've got 3-millimeter neoprene waders, and you got 5-millimeter neoprene waders. And it's just how thick it is. Of course, the five is significantly thicker than the three. Then they make three and a half. And some people might make a four. And probably somebody out there makes a four and a half. Who knows? But three and five are your major thicknesses. Uh, personally, I tend to, to favor the, the five millimeter. Because it's that, that extra thickness gives you extra warmth and it gets you extra durability. If I'm going to wear three millimeter neoprene waders, I'd almost rather wear breathable waders. Uh, yeah, they're going to be a little bit more insulated than the breathable waders, but I'd rather have the lightweight, the ease of motion, and just the, the ability to breathe that the breathable waders give you. Now, the five millimeter neoprene waders, those are heavy duty, brother. Those can be really thick and, and literally heavy. So on average, now this is going to vary company by company drastically, okay? Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. 
It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. On average, your breathable waders are going to weigh six, seven, maybe eight pounds. Okay? Six, seven, eight pounds. We're just going to say seven pound average. Your neoprene waders, your, your five millimeter heavy duty neoprene waders are going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 11, 12, 13, 14 pounds, something like that. I'm going to call it 13 pounds as an average. From what I've seen, they tend to be a little higher on that scale, 12 and a half maybe. Okay, so you're, you're somewhere between, so your difference is a seven pound breathable waiter versus a 12 and a half pound neoprene waiter. And is that difference, can you notice it in the field? Yep, you can. You absolutely can. Um, no doubt about it. But you can notice the benefits of the warmth of the neoprene, the durability of the neoprene. So which one is better? There, There is no better. It's just which one is best for the way you hunt and the environment that you're hunting in. So I did all of my research. I talked to companies. I poured hours, too many hours, over too many days and weeks into this. And what I ended up buying halfway through my first hunting season was a pair of five, or five millimeter thick neoprene waders. Super heavy duty. Um, and I got them. Um, the ones that I bought were high and dry waders. I'm going to do a review of them on YouTube soon. So keep an eye out for that. They are not sponsors. Uh, they do know I exist because I asked them copious amounts of questions in order to try to understand their product and how they make it. But I eventually went with a pair of their waders because in my opinion, they were the most durable, the most rugged, and they had the best boots. But I'm going to do a review on those waders in a video, show them to you, talk about the features and the benefits. That's not what this episode is for. But those are the ones that I ended up going with. Now, I actually kind of regret it at this point because I find that it's not always that cold. So I hunted a lot of cold days, uh, but then there were warmer days. And I thought, you know what? I maybe should have got the breathable waders. Uh, but then I came to the conclusion after that, I really need both. I need one of each. So I've got the neoprene waders and I need to get a pair of breathable waders. I don't know that it's going to happen this coming season, but eventually I want to have both. So I've got that versatility. But, uh, you know, that's a luxury that comes with time and more budget. So if you're looking for your first pair of waders, you need to try to figure out what's going to fit you, what's going to fit your style, what's going to fit the way you hunt. So for me, 
if to, it's a question of um, it's a question of seasons, of geography, and and just you know your physiology. So I'm a guy that hates being cold. I love hunting in the cold. I love being out in the cold, but I hate being cold. So I favored the neoprene waders because they were warmer and significantly so. That was my number one deciding factor was warmth. Number two is durability. The neoprene's a little more durable than the breathable. It's just thicker. It's harder to puncture them, harder to puncture all the way through, so forth and so on. Both are repairable. Both can be fixed if you do puncture them, but I picked them because of the warmth, and I hate being cold. That said, you know, that's, that's a great decision for late season hunting, for early season hunting, you know, for hunting in September and October, I kind of, I'm, 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 I'm still not sure if I regret that decision or not. I have to go through another season and see what I think, but you know, it's up to you. I hate being cold. So to me, I had to, and it was, it was a close call, but I had to go with the neoprene waders. If you're not a guy that gets cold or girl that gets cold, you know, if, if, if you're not someone who's, you know, cold feet are constantly a pain for you or, you know, you're not a, it doesn't really matter that much to you, then that may negate that, that benefits some, you know, I know people that use relatively cheap boots because their feet never get cold. And of course, where you're hunting makes a difference. You know, if you're hunting early season in Alabama, that's a lot different than if you're hunting late season in New York. Okay. You've got different climates, different temperatures, you know, you might make a decision differently for what kind of waders you want based on that. Another factor is when you want to put on the waders. So if you want to put them on at the truck and walk into your spot wearing the waders, I would not recommend the neoprene. The reason is it's just they're heavier, it's bulkier, it takes more energy to walk. If you're going to be doing that and carrying gear or pulling a sled or something like that, it's a lot of work. I have done that. I have done that with jump hunting and I have completely changed my strategy for that because man, you really feel it. Like if you're walking around miles wearing uh, neoprene waders, to me, it's just too much. So if you want to do that, I think breathables are about the only option. Plus then you work up more sweat while you're walking with waders on because they're heavier and bulkier and they can't evaporate through the neoprene. So breathables, I think, give you an advantage there. Uh, in either event, I actually lean towards putting on either pair of waders once you get to your spot. The reason is just wear and tear. Even if you buy the best waders on the planet, they're only going to last so long. There's just a matter of wear and tear, just like tires on a car. Okay, they're only going to last so long. I think, you know, the best waders you could probably hope to buy will last about five years. May, I mean, it depends on how much you use them. But if you were hunting, you know, half a dozen times a season, you know, I don't know too many waders that would last longer than five years for good ones. Um, and a lot of them, a lot of them actually won't last even close to that. But it's just a matter of how much do you use them? And, you know, they just over time, you just wear on them and you wear on them. So if I can save a couple miles of walking on my waders for every hunt, they're going to last longer. I'm going to get more hunts out of them. I'm going to get more seasons out of them. 
So I prefer to put the waders on when I get to the spot. So whether you are using neoprene waders or breathable waders, I would weather put them on once I get to the spot, once I get my stuff settled, and when I'm ready to get into the water, then let's put the waders on because they're just going to last longer. It's a matter of economy. Now there's a downside to that because then you got to pack the waders in. If you're wearing them, you don't have to carry them or you don't have to drag them. But I really feel like at the end of the day, there's no net gain there. Because if you're wearing them, it's going to take more work to walk in or to carry everything else in than it would be if you were dragging or carrying them in. But hey, tomato, tomato to each his own. People are going to have different opinions on that. Figure out what work, works best for you, and that's what you should go with. Now, when it comes down to additional features with waders, you know, some of them, they've got multiple pockets, and you've got a cell phone pocket, and there's a pouch, and... There's a key ring built in and there's a place for your straw and headphone cord and all this stuff. None of that matters. Built-in whistle. None of that matters, guys. That is all marketing. It's all marketing. Most people aren't going to use any of those features. Okay? That's that's just... Don't be swayed by any of that. What you want to look for in a pair of waders is quality, durability insulation and comfort all those extra features don't buy a, an inferior product because it has a whistle built in literally versus something that's quality and strong and going to last longer and keep you warmer and but it doesn't have 17 pouches because your most people are just aren't going to use most or any of those features uh, it's all marketing to try to sway you to try to get your dollars what you want to look for are waders that have good boots. You put your feet, you don't want moon boots. If you're not familiar with that term, moon boots are basically you have a slab that your foot goes on as the sole, and then it's just a dome over top of your foot, usually packed with thinsulate. And then that's, uh, that's it. They're not real boots. They're not, you know, they don't come around your foot, they're not bound to the sole. They don't have form and function to them. They're just plastic draped over top of a piece of rubber, and that's it. It hurts to walk in them. They're not durable. They'll pull apart. They'll split, so forth. You want to get something that has good quality boots, preferably something made out of real rubber. And you want to get something that has good seams and good stitching at all the joints. Preferably something that is multi-layer seam, multi-layer stitching. Something that's less likely. Because waders typically fail at the seams and at the joints. It's not so much you're going to get sticks poked through them. Though you will. That's why you need to get you some 3M UV 4000 marine grade sealant. Or the 5400 marine grade sealant. Either one works just fine. The 4000 cures faster, that's all. Um, so, you, you know, it's the, they're just going to come apart at the seams. And those are the ones, those are the, and the damages that are harder to fix or even sometimes can't be fixed. Punctures are easy to fix. Tears are easy to fix. When the seam comes apart all the way around the boot, that's the kind of stuff that really can't be fixed or at least it's not worth the, the effort or the money to do it. So you want something that has good seams, that has multiple layers, something that is designed and engineered to last, something that doesn't have a moon boot. That is 
You know, that's that's the difference between a quality pair of waders. Now, insulation. Need to touch on this. Most people do not understand how insulation works. So you buy a pair of boots, and those boots have 5,000 grams of Thinsulate. You're like, holy crap, 5,000 grams of Thinsulate. These are the warmest boots on planet Earth. 5,000 grams. Okay, well, start doing the math on that. All right. How much does a thousand grams of anything weigh? Well, a thousand grams is a kilogram. How much does a kilogram weigh? A kilogram weighs a little over two pounds. So if you've got 5,000 grams of Thinsulate, that's 10 pounds worth of boot. And those boots don't weigh 10 pounds. They do not. And that would be just in Thinsulate. So Thinsulate is, I think, one of the most misunderstood things. When you hear a, a gram number of Thinsulate, that is not how much Thinsulate is in your boots or your gloves or your coat. It, it is not the weight or the quantity of Thinsulate. It is the mapping of the Thinsulate. The way that's defined is if you have, and I'm just using a crazy example, 5,000 grams of Thinsulate in your boots, what that means is that the Thinsulate that's used is measured at 5,000 grams per square yard. Okay, so that is the thickness of the fabric. You could have 5,000 grams of Thinsulate in your gloves, in these dainty little mini gloves. That'd be pretty thick, but and if you look at this little glove versus this giant boot, you can't say, well, there's just as much insulation in the gloves as there is in the boot. Absolutely. Because Thinsulate is measured in fabric, um, in, in fabric thickness. Okay, yeah, it's just saying however much Thinsulate is in there, it has that thickness. So you might buy a pair of boots or gloves are maybe a better example. Some gloves have, uh, you know, 300 grams of Thinsulate in the back, 200 grams in the palm and 100 grams in the fingers. Well, that means is the thickness of the Thinsulate in each part of the glove is different. You don't add those up in 300 and 200 and 100 and say there's 600 grams of Thinsulate in my gloves. Well, no, of course there's not. Those gloves don't weigh a pound, right? That doesn't make any sense. It's the thickness of the Thinsulate fabric that's in them. So you've got a yard of fabric and 100 gram Thinsulate yard is, is going to weigh 100 grams. And then you've got a yard of 2,000 gram Thinsulate. That's going to weigh two. I'm talking about a square yard. So it's the thickness of square yard. And then however much of that is used in your garment or in your boot, you don't know. They don't tell you. So your cheap boots, okay, are, are, are often going to be 2,000 grams. They're going to say 2,000 grams of Thinsulate, maybe 1,000. It's almost a fictional number. They're going to say 1,000 grams of Thinsulate, but they're not going to tell you how much of the waiter boot has that Thinsulate in it. Usually, it's just the couple inches around your toe from, or, or from toe to heel. So it, it's not coming up to your ankles. It's not coming up your leg at all. It's not definitely not coming up you know, towards your shin or towards your knee. You have a little tiny bit of Thinsulate around your toes and that's it. But it is 2,000 grams of Thinsulate. That is, the, that is the thickness of the insulation that is in the last three inches of your boot. So it's deceptive 
uh, you know, well, it's not deceptive if you understand how it works, but it's deceptive the way a lot of companies market it. So you can have a pair of boots that are really poorly insulated, but they've got 2000 grams of insulate around the toes and the top of your foot. The, the sole of the boot might have no insulation. The ankle and the, the lower leg might have no insulation whatsoever. But yep, right around your toes, there is a thick piece of Thinsulate cloth that is built into that. So you need to understand insulation. You really want to figure out how insulated are those boots really? And how far up does that insulation go? So a good pair of boots ideally is going to have whatever the, the, um, you know, the, the fictional number of grams of insulation from toe all the way up your shin to, to some part, to some degree, because you want to keep your whole foot warm. You want it to be under your foot, above your foot, front and back, and then coming up your leg. And that is going to be what really keeps your foot warm. Does it, does it really matter 1,000 grams versus 2,000 grams? You know, it does in a sense, but what matters just as much or more is what else are those boots made out of? So if you have neoprene from your ankle to your knee on, you know, five millimeters of neoprene in that boot, well, it doesn't, it, it doesn't matter if you've got, you know, a hundred grams of Thinsulate or a thousand grams of Thinsulate because that neoprene is going to do a fantastic job at insulating you. Now, if you just have plastic or vinyl from your ankle to your knee, and then you just have some, you've got 2000 grams of Thinsulate or 5,000 grams of Thinsulate around your toes, you're going to be cold because those boots are made of nothing that insulates. And then even what else is in the toes of those boots? Is it just insulation on plastic? Or do you have insulation, then neoprene, then rubber? Because if you've got that, man, you are going to be way warmer than the highest fictional number of thin slate grams you could imagine. Because the other materials in the boot make up the insulation. They, they make up the properties of that boot that's keeping you warm. Because everybody and their brothers trying to boast the highest grams of Thinsulate these days in the boots, in the waders. They're, they're just trying to, they're trying to say, you know, whatever the highest number they can come up with, no matter how little insulation is actually in there, no matter how cheap the rest of the boot is made, no matter how cold you might be wearing them, they're going to say, well, you've got this much Thinsulate. But they're not gonna. It's not. A, it's not a true gauge of how warm or insulated those are really gonna be. You need to look at the materials. If you can, you want to handle them with your actual hands. You know, you can order stuff online. I've done it, but you really gotta do your research. You really gotta know. And that's one of the reasons I went with the high and dry waders, because they have thin insulate in the boots that comes all the way up the sides of the boots. They also have. Uh, the natural way that they, their boots are made, they're a real boot. There's neoprene in there that comes up and then there's a thick rubber exterior. And so they, they have their marketing, I think, has something like uh, 1,500 grams of Thinsulate equivalent because they are... Oh, that's awesome. Don't 
miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. They're saying, you know what? That's You want a number? Yeah, there's thin slate in here. But what really matters is everything else in the boot. And that it's a real boot. It's not just a moon boot. So that was one of the things that led me to that company and to those waiters. Um, they were just a, a higher quality boot. But whatever you buy, whatever company, you want something that is going to be quality and that's marketed honestly. And when in doubt, try them on if you can. Touch them with your hand. Put your hand in that boot. Rub the inside of the, of the shin of the boot. Put one hand inside, one hand outside. How thick is it really? Is it just a piece of vinyl that's that's making up that boot? Is there really nothing to it? Because if there's nothing to it, it's not going to be warm. Your toes might be warm, but if all the heat's being sucked out of your foot and your ankle and your shin up to your knee, then you're going to be cold. Period. And they're not going to they're not going to last real long. They're not going to have that same level of durability. So you need to look at the construction of the boots. You need to understand the insulation. Now, when you have breathable waders, usually you still have insulated boots. And that insulation on a good pair of boots is going to come up to almost your shin, to your shin or almost to your knee. And then they're going to be uninsulated from there up. You know, once the material gets past the boot, that's not going to be insulated. But what some marketing will lead you to believe is, oh, well, these breathable layers have, they've got 2,000 grams of insulate in them. They're trying to make you think that the breathable waders are insulated all the way up to your chest. And maybe somebody does have, uh, you know, a Thinsulate liner that they put in there. So there is real insulation. They're not lying to you. But most of the time, they're, they're trying to blur the lines in the marketing. They're trying to make you think that that insulation that's in the toe of the boot is somehow going to help you all the way up to your chest. They're not really saying that it is. If you read the fine print and you really look at the details and you analyze the words that they say, they're just, they're, they're just leading you in that direction. They're not saying it because then it'd be false advertising, but they want you to think that. They're trying to leave that impression. So you really got to dissect the marketing. Now, again, we're talking about quality waiters, right? The $30 waiters, you're, you're not getting, you're getting $30 worth of product. Okay, don't expect anything. Don't expect it to be warm, insulated, comfortable. Uh, really, look at the reviews. I wouldn't even read the product description too much because you know what? you're getting what you're getting. You're getting something to get you started. That you're just you're you're gonna baby and try to make last for a season. D- you know, none of this stuff that I'm talking about applies to those. This applies to real waiters. Now, what the waiters cost? So decent waiters start around the $100 to $150 range, right around there. Uh, good waiters are usually in the $2 to $250 range, and then they have, that you've got some on the market that are in the $3, 4 and $500 range. Uh, and then you've got some that are crazy and ridiculous and out of this world, and they're $1,000 for a pair of waiters. And, uh, you know, just boggles your mind. Like, what could those possibly be made out of? You know, how is that neoprene better than any other neoprene and so on? So 
what you want to look at, you often get what you pay for. But you want to try to figure out, okay, what's making up the cost of this pair of waders? So another reason I went with the high and dry waders, and this has turned into a commercial for high and dry, but uh, they are not a sponsor. They are not paying anything. They don't even know I'm making this episode. Uh, They are a direct-to-consumer company that is able to compete at a higher level at the same price point. So their waders at two $250 are not the same quality that you're getting in a big box store for two and $250. They are a huge cut above in quality because they're direct to consumer. They don't have any of the middlemen. They don't have any of the, the stores and the, the big box stores and the suppliers and the in-betweens. They're cutting out two, maybe three different levels of costs. And they're going direct to consumer. So you're getting higher quality for the same price that you would pay in a big box store. Uh, Which is another reason that I went in that direction. Because once I really did my research and really understood what was going on, I found, you know what? what? Everything that I'm looking at in these big box stores, the quality per dollar isn't there. Now... I say that, but I should also say this. Sometimes those waiters in the big box stores, they go on ridiculous sales, okay? Early season, late season, Christmas, Black Friday. You know, um, I hate to name names, right? Because I don't want to make anybody look bad because, you know, but say you pick your favorite big box store that you like to go to. Say they have a $250 pair of waiters, Well, in my opinion, that pair of waders is probably not worth $250. But on Black Friday or the day after Christmas or whatever day they have their sale, that $250 waders, they go on sale with coupons, with discounts, with if you order this much, you save that much, blah, blah, blah. You know how that stuff goes. You know, maybe they're 40% off or 30% off, but then if you spend $150, you get you know, $20 back and whatever, you end up able to get that $250 pair of waders for $120. And in my opinion, that's exactly the right price for that pair of waders. The quality, the materials, the workmanship, the longevity, how long it's going to last, how long it's going to work, that is exactly the right price for that. You're getting a great deal. But to pay $250 for them, to pay the sticker price and you know they're still making money at 120 right you know they're making money still even at 120 they're probably not making a ton of money but they're probably i mean if they're selling it for that price you know they're not going at a loss i mean they know these sales they plan these sales they know what they're doing um and all of that so it is what it is but in my opinion at 250 it's just not worth it. But at 120, great deal. Buy two of them. You know, that's it's a good product at that price, right? Every product has its price where it's a good product at that price. Um, what I liked about the high and dry waders is that at say 250, you were getting what the big box stores might sell for four or five hundred. And you were getting that level of quality, that level of workmanship that level of materials, you're getting, uh, you know, three stitch seams that have three different types of seals, you're getting five layer waders 
that even if you puncture the first three layers, there's still two more that are going to hold. You're getting, you know, uh, Kevlar reinforced knees. So if you walk into sticks and twigs and rocks that are submerged, you've got extra padding there and things like that. You know, you're getting higher level features. And of course, they still go on sale, but they don't go on sale anywhere near what the big box store waders go on sale because there is so much markup in them. And I don't begrudge anybody, um, you know, making money on their product. But here's the thing that set me down this road and sort of created this, this skeptical attitude in me was when I was trying to buy a pair of waders for months. I couldn't find a pair of waders that had great reviews. I couldn't do it. I couldn't find a pair of quality waders that had great reviews. I mean, I looked and I looked and I looked and I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't find anything that had more than a few reviews that was better than like 3.4 stars. You know, a lot of them are like 2.7 out of 5 stars. I mean, I'm on the websites, I'm on online, I'm cruising all over the place. And I'm like, okay, well, this is the flagship waiter of this company sold by this big, big box store. They're, they hail it as their, you know, their premier product. And it's got 2.9 stars. I'm like, 2.9? And then you start reading their reviews. And, you know, some of them are good. And a lot of them are iffy. And a lot of them are bad. And it's the same problems over and over. And, you know, poor quality, poor worksmanship, everything. That's what caused me to just go deeper into this and learn a lot of the things that I'm sharing with you guys. If I would have jumped online and the first pair of waders I looked at that that I thought was a reasonable price and it had, you know, 4.7 stars or 4. for anything stars, I probably would have just bought them. But the reviews were so mediocre to bad, at least at that point, maybe new ones have come out since then, right? It's been a little while. But at that point, I mean, I looked at probably hundreds of waiters and the best of the best that I could find had 4.0 out of five stars. And I'm like, that's it? That's the best on the market? And a lot of it comes down to these cost-cutting things, these shortcuts that I've been talking to you guys about with, you know, okay, we got thin slate just on top of the foot or just around the toes or there's nothing in the boot or they're just moon boots. There's no support around the ankles or up there or, you know, it's one layer construction or whatever it is, they just come apart at the seams, uh, you know, or they're, they're replacing quality with bells and whistles. And I mean, literally whistles that are tied on to the waders that you can blow in an emergency, which, you know, whistles is great, sure, but to just sell you junk waders because there's a whistle built on that that doesn't do it for me so that's what led me down this road and that's where i came to the impasse of saying okay if you're getting started you should either get 30 dollars waders get you in the water or you should get a, a pair of real quality waders that's really worth the dollars that you're buying and that's what eventually led me to independent companies like high and dry that were able to, to create quality products at still, you know, market feasible prices because they were direct to consumer and skipped out the suppliers and the distributors and the big box stores. Because uh, for whatever reason, a lot of the big brands, I mean, the top brands, not all of them. I didn't look, you know, I, I can't speak for every waiter on the planet, but all, all the ones I personally looked at, they, they were just cutting corners to be able to cut costs. 
and cutting corners to, to get profit up and cutting corners. And, you know, it just, ah, it, 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 you really got to look at what you're buying. That's the bottom line. You really got to look at it. You know, I, my thought is I don't want to spend a chunk of money on something that's going to fall apart after a season or two. I just don't want to do that. I want something that's going to last longer than that. I want something that's quality that I'm going to be able to use again and again and again. You know, especially if you're going to spend, you know, $200 on something, you want it to last more than one or two seasons, right? I mean, you re I mean, it otherwise why not just get a pair of $30 ones every season? Just get another one every season. You know, for some of you guys, that might be a good option to get started your first couple seasons. Get a $30 pair your first season, get another one the second season until you're able to to build up and, and get the cash you need to get a real quality pair of waders. So, you know, the bottom line is just inspect what you're looking at. Take these tips, take this information, try to figure out the market, understand what you're buying and make quality decisions based on your preferences, based on your style, based on your budget, based on the way that you hunt, based on what's important to you, right? That's it. I'm not trying to, to you know, steer you towards any of the, the different types of waders, any of the different varieties or brands. Just make educated decisions, understanding how these things are built, how the market works, and how you need them to perform for the way you hunt. So I hope this is helpful for you guys. Head out, check to the website, newhuntersguide.com. Also check out the YouTube channel, New Hunters Guide. Like I mentioned, I'm going to do some reviews there on waders. I've got a bunch of other stuff out there and upcoming in terms of duck hunting content and videos and how-tos and things like that that are hard for me to do via podcast. So that's all out there or going to be out there soon, available to you guys. Till next time, I appreciate you guys. God bless you and go get them in the woods.